What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, January 22nd. This week on the podcast, Will Martino, CEO of Cadena, joins me to discuss their new hybrid blockchain that they just launched on January 15th. If some of you remember, I have had Cadena on the podcast in 2019. So this is kind of an addition to what you guys have already learned in the past. So before we jump into the episode, go down into the description of the episode and click on the link to make a contribution if you enjoy listening to the podcast. It is not a requirement. The podcast is always a free source of information, but it would greatly help keep those ads away just a little bit longer. As always, be sure to subscribe if you have not already and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, fintech, or Kadena in this case. All right, enjoy. This is the Blockhash Podcast. All right, Will, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. How's your morning? Uh, it's going well. And a little bit of snow this morning in New York, but otherwise pretty good. Good, good. I'm in Las Vegas. It's nice and sunny. <laughs> Jealous. So... For my audience, some of them, well, they should be familiar with Cadena at this point because we have done an episode before, um, but they may or may not be familiar with who you are. Um, so can you give me a, a little bit of detail on like your backgrounds um, or your backstory and how you kind of got to where you are now? Sure. And Brandon, thanks for having me on the show. So um, my name is Will Martino. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Cadena. A uh, quick background is that I got into crypto in a pretty unique way. I was at the Securities and Exchange Commission as the lead engineer for a quant group, building uh, forensic data analysis tools that are now deployed nationwide. And uh, when I was there, Valerie started up the cryptocurrency working group, and I was the tech lead when she founded that group. So I was at the SEC when they started really thinking about what is crypto and how are we going to deal with it. From there, went to JP Morgan, where I met my co-founder, Stuart Popejoy. Uh, we were some of the early people in the Blockchain Center for Excellence, and Stuart and I built Juno, which was effectively JP Morgan Coin version zero. Spent about a year working on that. Uh, we got to analyze all of the smart contract platform uh, solutions that were trying to be sold to JP Morgan as part of our job. And during the process, we also were building our own project, which became Juno. And uh, we ended up with this set of questions, these you know, core fundamental blockers for adoption and real you know, use of blockchain technology for actual business that we knew we couldn't answer just continuing to be at JP Morgan. So after we launched JP Morgan Coin version zero, we left and founded Cadena. It's about three and a half years after that. And we initially started with a focus on business and enterprise blockchain and then expanded the platform to what we're going to be talking about today, which is the launch of our hybrid blockchain platform. Um, this is something that is that has part of the uh, solution that runs on the public side. So we have a public mainnet that is launching on January 15th. That is called Cadena. Uh, it's a proof of work based protocol. And we also have a private chain called Coro that um, is the uh, multiple iterations past the version that we built at JP Morgan and deployed. And on top of both of these runs are smart contract language Pact, which is where we solved most of these fundamental blockers for adoption and real use 
that we ran into when we were at JP Morgan and tried to get, you know, most of the projects that we've all heard about um, up until now. So especially Ethereum, but also um, things like Exani, um, also looking at things like block apps. So we thought we found the answers to most of the problems at the smart contract layer. Yeah, that's quite an interesting background. How did you uh, enjoy your time at JP Morgan? It was cool. I was at... I, the, the reason I actually ended up there was that I was living in Brooklyn and it wow. was a R&D group before it became the Blockchain Center for Excellence. And they were programming in this language called Haskell, which I had just gone to uh, on like a three-month sabbatical to go and pick up because I'd always wanted to learn it. And it mm. was a couple subway stops down the street from me, uh, the JP Morgan offices where the R&D group was. And it was like, cool, JP Morgan, check, Haskell, check, you know, very short commute, check. Let's do it and see what happens. And then ended up meeting Stu there. And um, he and I built a you know, pretty serious um, desk doing a lot of R&D that eventually pivoted to building and deploying Juno. It was um, an interesting time. A lot of people like to say that uh, you know, big banks like that are a lot, very bureaucratic. And especially mm-hmm. when I was there, they would say, oh, like, oh, it's so bureaucratic. You know, it gets in the way of innovation. And I would just laugh and say, guys, I came from the government. You don't even know what it's like. <laughs> were you using Haskell to to build Juno? Yes, we are. We build all of our core technology in Haskell, um, okay. but we build it in such a way that people don't actually have to learn the language. Haskell is this you know, uh, very safe, very performance uh, mm-hmm. language that's developed that's really good at developing languages in and distributed systems. Um, it really has this focus on safety, and it allows us to rapidly advance the state of the art in blockchain because it has a lot of these very advanced tools that only come to other languages um, several years on a decade later. So, for example, we had formal verification for our smart contract language pact uh, back at the first Stanford Blockchain Conference. And when we presented it, no one knew what in the world we were talking about because we were the only people that had actually not only built a language, but actually had formal verification for the language as a native uh, piece of technology that the language comes with. So we were like, wait, what in the world do you mean? You can annotate your code with a comment, and that comment will then specify how to formally verify your code? That's crazy. Like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. So Haskell is a lot of fun, but people shouldn't have to learn it to be able to use our tech. Uh, for the most part, uh, our stuff is very easily accessible just with JavaScript, REST APIs, um, just very basic technology that most programmers and developers know how to use. That's very cool. I didn't know you guys were using Haskell. I think I thought Cardano was the only project really um, building with Haskell, but no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I think we're one of the few projects to um, actually ship the full product that we raised uh, uh, capital with, you know, during token sales around. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that speaks to both um, you know Stuart and I's focus on very practical engineering. And just strong fundamentals and keep it simple, not you know overcomplicating things and not overstretching and overpromising. But it also speaks to we just have one of the strongest Haskell teams out there. Um, you know, one of our core programmers is on the Haskell language committee, and it's just been it's been a dream to work in the language. Um, even though a lot of projects that also work in it have had a lot of trouble of actually shipping code, we haven't had that problem. You know, a notable one is um, uh, Definity was focused on Haskell, and they've now, I believe, pivoted to Rust because they just weren't able to actually get a product out the door in time. We don't have the problem. We ship and we hit our deadlines. Interesting. 
Did you have you had any trouble finding coders that can code in Haskell or that can work on blockchains? I know that that's kind of a slim um, workforce. Uh, a lot of the time, it's a great question. A lot of the time, we actually. Um, so the Scala community has a lot of people that wish they could work in Haskell, but there aren't a ton of Haskell full-time gigs. So Emily, um, uh, one of our core pack maintainers, came from there. She worked in Haskell, but she was, you know, her day job was in Scala. Um, also, uh, Colin is one of our core devs for the uh, consensus protocol on the public side. Um, similar story. So the bar is higher when you work in Haskell. It's just, you know, it, it's more upfront effort. You have to be a nerd about programming and engineering to really spend the time to learn the language. But once you do, we find people who are just, you know, really excited and engaged and people who really understand what Kadena is about. Um, you know, and our existing uh, team has friends who ask if they can join all the time. But one of our, you know, core beliefs, Stuart and I, is, is that, Stuart and I, is that we, that a small team gets more done than a big team. I'll take a, you know, a team of uh, 10 engineers uh, to ship something on time over a team of 40 any day of the week, especially when it's new tech. Oh yeah, a small team definitely has a lot more efficiency than a big team, or else you have all these issues and inconsistencies. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of your hybrid blockchains, go ahead and talk about that. Um, what what is it exactly? So I think the best place to start is how we started to think about the design, kind of frame where we're coming from. When Stuart and I started Kadena, we Effectively, we sat down and we said, okay, assume that blockchain is going to be a thing. Assume that smart contracts are going to be a thing um, by 2030. What are we going to need? What is, the, what is 2030 going to need to have seen blockchain technology have to reach the, that end state of that it's a thing, it's adopted, and it's just you know, a part of um, normal technology stacks? So that's where we started is assume that it's going to be incredibly successful. Like, what are we going to need to get there? And hybrid is kind of the end result of that journey um, of design. Um, hybrid is this idea that you're, right now we have public chains um, like Ethereum and Bitcoin. We have private chains like Quorum. And they are very distinct entities currently. Uh, a hybrid is this idea that you can have a public chain that has smart contracts on top of it and you, that you have a private chain that is running kind of the more meaty but also sensitive parts of an application and that you can link these two right now distinct domains together under a single application. So you have a private chain that's running, let's say, uh, JP Morgan coin, for example, that you can have a smart contract on a public chain like Kadena's mainnet that that private chain links to so that people can interact with the application, the idea of JP Morgan coin, either on the private chain that's running inside of JP Morgan that's um, dealing with much more sensitive information, or they can interact with uh, a subset of what the total application is doing on the public side. So you as a user, for example, let's say we're using JP Morgan coin um, as a hybrid example. Uh, you could go make a JP Morgan Chase account and you could deposit, I don't know, thousand bucks into that account in USD. You could then convert that USD into JP Morgan coin. And then you can use any of the internal apps that JP Morgan has built that use and leverage JP Morgan coin. Or you could say, you know what, I want to have 500 of these JP Morgan coins that I have at JP Morgan. I want to have 500 of those put onto the Kadena mainnet. And now you can actually, uh, and then you can go and interact and use and trade those JP Morgan coins 
on Kadena mainnet and use them to uh, potentially like instead of buying CryptoKitties or some equivalent game that is existing on Kadena mainnet, instead of buying them in the uh, Kadena currency, you could theoretically use JP Morgan coin to actually purchase these things. It's probably in this example, it's almost like a different take on what a stable coin could be where hybrid is really just talking about this idea that you can have a private chain that's running you know, business critical applications that are more sensitive, but that the smart contracts that you put on a public chain as part of the application are almost the gateway or the entryway. They're almost like the website for the private chain. And they're found on the public chain. And that gives you all this market access, 24-hour settlement, a bunch of all the great features that you get from a public chain. You're able to combine with all of the features that you only get in a private chain through this hybrid approach. Do you guys have any planned use cases for that once that launches? Or have you done anything um, already um, to kind of test it out? Yeah. So there's... Uh, there are kind of two different questions there. One was the testing it out, and we can start there, and then we can jump into the uh, sure. several use cases that we're working on. So for testing it out, the, the timeline of how Kadena was developed was that we had this focus on enterprise and private blockchain first, and that was when we built the smart contract language that also runs on the public side. And the smart contract language pact is just key to the whole hybrid stories. How you stick these two previously separated blockchain platforms together into a single application. So when we were building Pact, we wanted to battle test it. So we went and got clients. We started working with some large healthcare providers. We uh, worked in insurance. We worked um, uh, with some airline people, uh, supply chain. I think we've had maybe 10 or 12 different uh, POCs that run the full gambit of use cases that people have been talking about over the years. And we were battle testing Pact during those POCs. And with all of that design feedback and all of that experience, like that's how we know that by deploying the main net on the public side, that deploying Kadena and putting Pact on top of it, that we'll be able to link these things together with a private chain. Our private chain is called Kadena Coro. It also runs Pact. That it will be able to service all of these incredibly complicated use cases because we've already gone and actually deployed POCs for all the most complicated use cases that you can think of. Massive supply chains being one of my favorite ones. So for use cases, once we launch on the 15th, um, and that is the date that we're launching smart contracts on the public Kadena mainnet, and that completes the platform for building hybrid applications. The first use case is going to be launching on there is one that we're doing in partnership with Remedy. Remedy is a very interesting blockchain-based uh, company. They're, I think, the only profitable bootstrapped uh, blockchain application uh, that I've really heard of. They never did a raise. They just they built an app. It has users, um, and they were they've been profitable since. They cut their teeth uh, curing Hep C in Mongolia. They do supply chain tracking for the testing and vaccination program that's going on in uh, Mongolia for eradicating Hep C there. And they're working with us to build the next generation of their platform. And we're starting off with a CBD oil uh, supply chain tracking application. That's a full hybrid app. What this is going to allow consumers to do is that the CBD oil that the producers that are working with Remedy um, create, uh, they stick a QR code onto every individual bottle. And that QR code is then linked to a Merkleized data structure that is put onto both the public and the private chain that will enable users to scan the QR code and then go and uh, trustlessly look up the supply chain metadata about 
this unit of you know this product that they've bought. Uh, we like this use case a lot because NCA having a lot of potential because it's crossing this last mile of the supply chain tracking infrastructure. It's generally you can have a supply chain that tracks to the store, but then after that, it's pretty hard to track it to someone's actual kitchen table. And the long-term vision of this is that we're starting out with CBD oil to get um, to iterate on the application to get consumers um, to understand this idea that they can actually track the full supply chain lineage for individual consumer items um, so that once we've iterated on that, then we expand the platform to begin getting HIPAA compliance so that it can actually start tracking things like pharmaceuticals and drug treatment programs. And the private chain side of the hybrid equation here is going to be um, in the future tracking the actual you know, benefits from using the different products that are being tracked. So initially it'll be CBD oil, but long term it'll be other things because it's not uncommon for pharmaceuticals to find that they have a drug that actually can treat more than one thing. Um, there's, a, there's a famous, uh, I think it's a leukemia medicine that also uh, for some reason grows eyebrows or eyelashes. And it's now used as a cosmetic for that. But there are other examples in the drug industry where uh, they, one drug was made for one thing, and it turns out it also does this other thing. And the way that you can go and get the, uh, the patent and the actual, not only the patent, but really be able to um, give it to you know, consumers to be able to treat these other ailments is that you have to go to the FDA and prove to them that, hey, this drug that we made that does this, that's been proven safe, also, fit, also helps with this other thing. And the fastest way to do that is through this idea of real-world evidence. And real-world evidence is basically a, if you have an ironclad, basically like a blockchain-like data set, something that is immutable, that is um, able to be completely transparent if it needs to be, that's fully auditable, that's totally trustless. If you have this data set uh, that covers a wide swath of people, and you can show that someone who took drug A and had ailment, unrelated ailment B, was actually cured of unrelated ailment B, and that this has happened a thousand times, you can go to the FDA with that evidence and be able to start the process of, hey, let's get some trials going, uh, some like fast trials going, to be able to uh, uh, you know, see if this uh, unrelated ailment B uh, really is um, treatable with this drug that we made for this other purpose. Um, it is a multi-billion dollar um, market opportunity for pharmaceutical companies, and it's the servicing that market that is right now very hard to even access because you need this, you, you almost need a blockchain to be able to build the data that you would need to go and quickly and effect, effectively hit that market. Um, that's the end goal of where we're going with Remedy. But it starts on, I think it's framing for February for the full launch of the first version of the product for the CBD tracking oil. Um, application um, for the middle of February, and that's where it starts. Then we iterate with consumers, um, get them into the idea of, hey, we're going to be able to track this, and we're going to be able to see, you know, um, if there's other things that happen to get treated by taking CBD oil. And then long term, we build it out to be this real world evidence data marketplace. And hopefully, we'll be able to get consumers to even own their data and potentially be compensated for helping to figure out that some drug that was treating one ailment actually can also treat another ailment. You know, this is the, one of the long-term visions of blockchain in general is can we keep our data secure? Can we own it? And can we, you know, maybe get monetized or maybe get uh, compensated for the data that we're providing to people who are making money off of it? Yeah, it's definitely a great place to start. And yeah, the pharmaceutical industry, it's it's tough to break in into that arena. It's definitely very strict. And But it sounds like supply chain 
is definitely a big focus for you guys. Is that your biggest use case at the moment? It's, I think it's fair to say that it's one of the easiest ones um, for us to service. We're mm-hmm. already considering having a supply chain tracking application fully decentralized, kind of in a box that um, people can just go and pick up and deploy. Uh, it just comes from the ease of using PACT, our smart contract language, and that we've already thought about and actually built real applications with real serious businesses that for um, you know a developer who wants to go and you know track uh, or you know, build some you know, very basic supply chain tracking application just for, I don't know, let's say they, you know, um, the developer also has a side project where they carve wood and they want to do supply chain tracking and authentication for, you know, the different sculptures that they make. But they can go and actually just, you know, build a tracking system for this, deploy it out and have trustless supply chain tracking, you know, in the span of a few weeks. And that's just by virtue of it being very simple to build applications with PACTs. And very simple to actually build full dApps with PAC that users can interact with. Yeah. In terms of the smart contracts, how is that comparable to a platform like Ethereum? Is it more scalable? Is it uh, faster? Um, how, how does that work with, with what you guys are doing compared to Ethereum or another competitive platform? Uh, it's... So there, there's kind of two different approaches to how smart contracts are being made right now. And it's a really subtle concept that I'll try to be able to describe in a way that you know, the wider, wider audience will be able to grasp quickly. You know, Ethereum started with this idea of this, the, the EVM, of putting just a raw CPU on top of a blockchain. And it turned out that it was you know, targeted for, and it turned out it was really good for, making tokens that you could sell. Um, Ethereum initially was supposed to be able to do two things in the smart contract layer. One was tokenization, and then the other one was have smart contracts work with each other. They're actually able to import and interact. They nailed the first one and now have a multi-billion dollar market cap because of it. As for the second one, that never worked. Um, we see uh, exploits and bugs and money being lost and things like the parity multi-sig problem. And that one, that problem came out of when the $200 million in Ethereum were lost came out of when one smart contract interacts with another smart contract on Ethereum, it's just wildly unsafe and it can easily break and just completely lock up. So Pact is a different take on it. Pact is a scripting language that runs on top of a blockchain, not just some raw uh, CPU that you have to then have a programming language for. And Pact is designed for um, you know, getting back to this idea of in 2030, blockchain's a thing. What does it look like? If that's to be true, lawyers and executives and executives are going to need to be able to read, if not write, smart contracts because these are going to be core business functionalities that are being embodied in a smart contract. So Pact is designed for people like that, a technical lawyer or a technical executive to be able to read, if not write it. This means as a consequence that it is terribly easy to use for developers because it's built for people who aren't developers to be able to at least approach and understand. This also makes it dramatically safer. It's an opinionated language. It says, you know, you shouldn't be able to do, um, you shouldn't, there's no reason that a blockchain should have to do pathfinding from New York City to Las Vegas um, and take into account traffic patterns. That is something that is, it is not good for a blockchain to even be wasting energy on. What a blockchain is good for is tracking things of value and having rules around that. So that's where Pact is focused. It's a domain-specific language focused at the domain of what a blockchain is actually good at and useful for. And 
that means that it's just it, when whenever the easiest people we have uh, to convince that hey you should take back seriously are a hundred percent Ethereum developers, people who've worked in Solidity and have gone through that pain where you have to move heaven and earth to even have very simple things be safe enough to be able to deploy. We show them packed, and they just go, "Oh my god! Like I don't need to." spend six months just getting very basic upgrade um, and governance systems in place. These just all come natively. And we're really excited to be working with industry um, leaders with PACT uh, like Cosmos and Polkadot because they see the potential too, especially Cosmos. They have a wonderful, um, you know, Tendermint is this wonderful uh, consensus layer, but it doesn't come with any native smart contracts. And while there is Ethereum and EVM, the EVM on top of one of the Tendermint builds, it's still just as problematic as when you use um, the EVM on top of Ethereum. So it's why we started working in conjunction with the um, Interchain Foundation on building Cadena Mint, which is already in the Cosmos ecosystem. And this will allow people in 2020, um, 2021 to go and actually build applications in PACT that not only run, that not only can interact with the Cadena mainnet, but are actually part of the Cosmos ecosystem as well. So it's just... Pact is what we all wish smart contracts could have been, and the type of technology that, had it been in place five years ago, we wouldn't be where we are today, where there was a, a lot of interest, there was a lot of uptake by enterprises, a lot of uptake by investors, people saw the potential, and then the technology just got in the way and failed them. And now we're you know, in a winter cycle in crypto. Um, the long and short of it is, Pact and Cadena are what are going to bring the spring of crypto so long as the fundamentals of smart contracts and uh, base layer scalability on the public on public blockchains are things that are fundamental to adoption and advancing the industry as a whole oh yeah definitely fundamental in pushing the industry it's it's been a wild ride for quite a few years um and there's obviously a lot of development a lot of projects out there but it's good to have stuff like with what you guys are doing at Cadena, it kind of helps push and nudge the industry in um, a much better direction. Is what you're building with this mostly for enterprise to create enterprise level solutions, or is this something that could also be used at the consumer level as well? It's definitely um, able to be used for consumer level. It's very easy to be used at the consumer level. Uh, we just talk a lot about enterprise and business because it's this huge differentiating feature. It was the thing, at least that we believe, that got in the way of blockchain seeing full adoption um, by basically this year. Like We should be in a world where blockchain and smart contracts are being used all over the place in a myriad of applications. And we're not because the technology that you could use for a more consumer-focused things like tokens uh, was not able to service the next set of adopters, which are the businesses. So we talk a lot about business and enterprise, but that doesn't mean that we can't that it can't be used for consumer grade applications. It's actually much easier to use for all of the use cases that you've seen come before. It's just that it can do so much more, and that's so differentiating that we generally talk about. Hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could have a price feed? If you could have a market data feed that was native on chain? Wouldn't it be cool to have DeFi? That isn't just a token with a foundation that's doing some rebalancing from time to time, but it's actually a totally, like you can actually build an index. You can import a price feed, you can import a stable coin, and you can actually build a, you know, a, almost like an index or 
other financial products directly on chain without having to have the more human infrastructure that you need when all you can do really are tokens and not much more. Gotcha. Do you guys have any plans to push consumer grade applications? I think that consumer is going to be the initial focus um, for our community. Our community has seen uh, a wild uptake over the last um, two months when we started mining mainnet. Um, there's a couple really interesting earned blog articles about how we experimented with this new technique for rapidly building a community and how successful it was. Um, we took the approach that when we started mining mainnet that it should be CPU only for a bit. And that brought in a bunch of people. And then the community itself actually went and built the GPU mining code. And then that brought in a ton more people. And we've grown from, I mean, we've, we've grown by orders of magnitude over the past few months. And we just have this really excited and engaged community that now are like, all right, smart contracts are coming online. Let's build some stuff. Like, this looks cool. All the stuff that I wish that I had been able to build in Ethereum, it looks like it's going to be maybe 100 lines of code impact. That's really cool. Let's get to it. Before we wrap up what what are the or what does the roadmap look like for cadena going into 2020 i know you guys probably have all kinds of plans but since we just started a new year what what should people um keep their eye on with what you guys are working on so the there's a few different things that i think are that are top of my mind um for where we're going to be going and putting an effort one is demonstrating real consumer facing products that don't just kind of speak to the existing crypto audience um, that actually demonstrate, hey, you can use a blockchain for actual business and a real consumer app in a way that makes sense to people who aren't even in crypto. Uh, Remedy is the great example here, where most people who are going to use that application may not even realize that it runs on top of blockchain. And that's a feature, not a bug. That's how we get over the chasm to widespread adoption. So that's definitely one part. Another part is that PACT, our smart contract language, was designed from day one to be something that's embeddable in other systems. So that's why we're working with Cosmos. That's why we're working with Polkadot. We see Pact as becoming the standard for smart contracts, much like SQL became the standard for database query languages. Uh, just because it's this you know, well-designed um, you know, uh, language, we spent multiple years, worked with clients to build, that really services the domain of what blockchain-based applications need to be able to do. So that's one. Another one is that we're effectively first to the market with what other people would describe as sharding. Um, Our public chain actually braids multiple blockchains together into a single network. Right now, we're running 10 blockchains that are each mined in parallel that are a single network that allows us to have 10 times the throughput versus if we were just a one-chain network like every other blockchain that's come before. And we're also proof of work. We've actually figured out how to scale proof of work, you know, how to scale the vision of Bitcoin and of um, Satoshi for this decentralized open currency platform and actually be able to scale it out to be able to have more throughput without even needing even more energy to be able to run it. It's you know, this huge innovation when it comes to decentralized consensus mechanisms. We were the only people that are even really talking about it, let alone we've already shipped it. You can go to explore.chainweb.com. Dot com and actually see it running live right now. It's a really cool thing to see. And I you know, highly encourage people to go and take a look because the easiest way to understand, hey, what does this braided chain proof of work thing mean? Just go and look at it. Probably the easiest way to grasp it quickly. And one of the things that's on our roadmap for this year is that 
The way Chainweb works is that it's a general solution to scaling a public network. So right now we're running 10 chains in parallel. Um, so that's 10 times the throughput of a single chain. But we can upgrade the network to run 20 chains or 50 or 100. So one of the things that I think is going to be coming down the pipeline in either Q1 or early Q2 is we're going to actually see in like the world is going to see for the first time that you can fundamentally upgrade a base layer protocol, not diminish the decentralization or trustlessness and get more throughput. We're actually going to demonstrate, all right, this is how you scale a layer one cryptocurrency. And that's just going to be really cool. Um, hope that people are able to grasp the, you know, how big of a, how big of an earthquake, how big of a foundation shaking event that is, because up to now, I've never seen another network be able to actually scale their base layer one throughput without um, really degrading the core promises of uh, what a cryptocurrency is supposed to be. What was it? Explore.chainweb.com? Yep. Awesome. I'll check that out. Where's a good place for people to keep up with development? Is it like Discord or social media or where do you guys put out the most information? Discord is probably the best real-time place. We also use Medium and Twitter. Uh, we also have a newsletter that we send out regularly. Um, one of the things that the people in our community like most about us is that we've also are early investors. They just love that we've had a very consistent flow of information and we've really been able to stick to and once a month, there's a newsletter. It has lots of details. We're very, we're about as transparent as we think that we can be, and that we're really responsive and we're willing to take, you know, hey, I don't like this thing in the platform. Can we, you know, is there some way to change it, or why does this thing that I don't currently like work like this? Then we usually explain it and say, and you know, describe how it's actually really thought out. It's for this reason, and then. We, you know, educate the community as much as um, participate in advancing the state of blockchain with them. Very cool. Thank you for taking the time out of your morning and your day to to come on here and talk about what you guys are doing with um, your hybrid blockchain. It's it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it launch on the 15th and diving into it a bit more. So yeah, again, thank you for taking the time and everything. I really appreciate it. I'm sure a lot of people in my audience will as well. Thank you, Brandon. Been a great conversation. I'm real excited too. It's going to be a interesting year for all of crypto, not just for us and what we've put together, but it's an incredible time to see, you know, some a scalable smart contract platform launch that isn't just kind of owned by a couple of the early big investors. It's, you know, it's the vision of what Satoshi brought to market, um, but reinvigorated, and I'm really excited to see just where it all goes. Absolutely. It should be a very exciting decade for blockchain and in general in the whole fintech space. So really looking forward to seeing where you guys end up pushing that innovativeness and that ingenuity in terms of fintech in general. But yeah, really excited about what you guys are doing and hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brandon. Yep. See you soon. Take it easy.